0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of The Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and
1: accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.
0: Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. I missed (laughs) you so much since our last recording. Two minutes ago. Two minutes.
1: <laughs> uh, remember when we used to pretend like we didn't do it in a row and we used to change our clothes? Yeah, that was funny. What was wrong with us?
0: <laughs> now,
1: why would we do that? You'll see in this green
0: sweater set we used all day. To, <laughs> we used to pack. We used to pack like so many outfits.
1: And now, <laughs> we're
0: just going to be honest. We don't change. Yeah, I love that sweater set.
1: You know what? So I'm just saying, people just do you do you this 2023, is like 23 bitch 2023
0: <laughs> it's going to be the most authentic we've ever been aka we never change our clothes i really think if we were recording on different days we still wouldn't change our clothes
1: <laughs> well people should also know that we wear one outfit a week this is like a that's a therapist thing though i think it is which is that you you don't see people more than once a week typically sometimes, sometimes. you do but for the most part you see people once a week so i can wear the same thing monday through friday No one's gonna know besides me. No one knows.
0: Unless you stink, you know, unless we stink, then we gotta like spray ourselves down with like Febreze or something.
1: Okay, well, I'm showering. (laughs) I'm just also putting the same disgusting outfit back on. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off. Everyone does this, don't you think? A a thousand percent. If you don't, unless you like work out in it, unless you're like sweaty or work out in it or something, or like, you know. Although, you know me, I usually have a lot of ketchup on me for my daughter's ketchup hands. Yeah, ketchup's so good, though. (laughs) Save it for later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. We're so sorry we started the... um... Actually, I was talking to my sister-in-law, and she said she listens to other... She listens to our podcast. She listens to other podcasts. And she was like, other people will just, like, talk and talk and talk at the beginning. She was like, you guys get right to the point. I was like, do we? (laughs) Do we, actually?
1: Hi, Ruthie. I miss you. No. Other sister-in-law, Lisa. Lisa, I love you. Oh, my God. Lisa. Can we talk about Lisa's dogs for a minute? Yes. Lisa has two beautiful, beautiful English bulldogs. Oh, they're the best. They're fucking hilarious Frank and Together. Trudy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Franklin and
1: Gertrude. What? And Gertrude. Yeah. Wow. That's I so know. Philly. Okay. i will throw up a picture. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is one of the few times that I do not know how to wrangle. Oh, I got it. Oh, do it. Benjamin Franklin? (laughs) (laughs) He had an inner child.
0: (laughs) He, Benjamin Franklin, also had an inner child.
1: And today's episode is about inner child work. (laughs) So we've done some episodes about this before. It's been touched on. We wanted to just reiterate, because what a good way to take care of yourself by revisiting your inner child and looking at inner child wounds. I think we can first talk about like,
0: what is inner child work? And it's not just one thing, right? I think that there's this idea that it's this theory, but it touches on so many different aspects of your work therapeutically or just digging into yourself.
1: So you might hear people refer to inner child wound. An inner child wound will often come from a traumatic event or like a chronic rupture without repair or some type of childhood emotional neglect. And the inner child work is reconnecting with our inner world and our child. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes so much sense. And... The inner child is basically the child that you
0: were before all of the shit happened to you,
1: (laughs) right? Before life and your family?
0: Before life, before society, before your family. Like, who were you before that? And reconnecting, not only just reconnecting with that inner child, but nurturing that inner child. Okay, Giving yourself the nurturance, the love that maybe you didn't receive growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important, and it's even hard to think about, like, um, if you think back to your inner child before all the shit, how do you picture yourself? Like, what are you doing? What's your personality like? Wild. She's free.
1: (laughs) Freedom is how I think of it. So so this is something that I do a lot of my um, ketamine therapy has been about, which is as I grew up, more and more strings came on to me. Part of those strings were from my brother's struggles, from my parents' marriage, from my own disordered eating, from perfectionism, from people pleasing, from fierce, fierce fear of abandonment. And each of those things added more strings, creating a cage. Mm. And so, when I think about, for me, child, my inner child work has really been about freedom. Wow, that's How beautiful. You? Yeah, thank you. It's like this girl goes to a lot of therapy. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. What is it about, for you? Yeah, I'm thinking about mine too. The way in which I think about, like, I I think about my inner child, and like. And she's very quiet. And so I think, I think it's also freedom, but like freedom to express myself, like freedom to be open, to be expressive, to feel exactly how I'm feeling to. So I think it's it is also freedom, maybe in a different way. And I think in the end, that's kind of what it comes down to is like the freedom to be fully who you are without those strings, without that constraint. So If you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, like, who is my inner child, I would encourage you to ask yourself questions like, what did I used to love to do? What did I naturally gravitate towards? You know, was I creative? Was I expressive? Was I open? And then when did that change? Like, when did you stop doing those things that you naturally gravitated towards? What was happening because I think it can give you some insight into maybe where those kind of inner child wounds when, when they came up. And, and it doesn't just have to be one thing. It can be multiple experiences. It can be big events. It can be smaller events. But I think it can give you an idea of who your inner child is, what kind of freedom that inner child is looking for, and how to help yourself get there, how to almost reparent your inner child, give yourself the things that maybe you didn't receive growing up that you really needed. And that's a lot of what we want to get into today. There is, you know, if you're an adult, I assume you are listening to this, to this (laughs) podcast. I would hope. (laughs) I hope you're an adult listening to this podcast. There's some signs that you might want to explore in our child work. Mm, Tell me some signs. Those things are feeling highly reactive, overvaluing your independence. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm talking to us. (laughs) Certain coping behaviors that might be hurting you Mm. now. Poor emotional and mental health, if you're struggling with your mental health and also repeating certain patterns in your relationships. Mm. So those might be some signs that you might want to do a little bit of inner child work. And we can dig into that a little bit. Like, what does it mean? We talk about this all, all the time. What does it mean to be highly reactive at
1: times to recognize what those triggers are? Okay, so so somebody had asked, and so how do you start this? So I think you're bringing up a great example, which is figure out what part needs healing. What is the behavior change that I am trying to go for? Right, like do I find that I easily lash out on my dog? Do I find that I am quick dog? Sorry, man, but I was drunk. I know Uh, it happens. People are I'm feeling
0: highly reactive to that.
1: People, I know, I know, I'm our works in but progress. That's, that's my inner child reacting. That's your inner child, right? Well, that yeah. tells you something, right? That's I so, gotta do some work. So, right, so you're having some type of large reaction, right? Like, you know, dog pees in the house. Yeah. That's a normal behavior sometimes for a dog, depending on the developmental stage. If you freak the fuck out, what's that about for you, right? Mm. Were you not allowed to make mistakes as a child? Were you not allowed to be, you know, I know yeah, the, the are, dog uh, is doing things that's na-
0: that are naturally instinctual, right? And were you not allowed to do things that were naturally instinctual for you as yeah. a child?
1: Okay. So overvaluing independence. So let's say that you love the fact that you don't let anyone help you mm. and you wear it as a badge of honor how busy and independent you are. Well, although we live in a capitalistic white supremacy society that will tell you that's good, is that actually connection, and does that lead to burnout, and stress? What's and, that really do for you long term?
0: Right. And was that, you know, more likely a survival mechanism growing up, becoming overly independent because maybe you weren't given the support that you needed,
1: mm-hmm. um, and because of that, you don't ask for help; you do everything yourself. And so that's when we start talking a lot about adaptive child. Right. Which is the adaptive child is the inner child that didn't get to live and breathe and be seen. And so it had to adapt in some way. So maybe you had no choice but to be overly independent in your childhood. And so that's how your child adapted. Mm -hmm. Right. I had no choice. I wasn't allowed to make mistakes in my childhood. So my adaptive child became a perfectionist. So even as we talk about this. You know, to think about
0: it as an adaptive child of these behaviors that maybe you developed, there's no shame around them, right? That you developed this as a way of surviving in your childhood, right? And at at the time, these were very helpful for you in order to be able to survive. And so the inner child work that we're talking about that we're doing now is to recognize the behaviors that were once very helpful for you. For example, overvaluing that independence, you didn't have a choice but to be independent. And to recognize are those behaviors or those ways of coping, those ways of surviving, are they still actually serving me now? And and that To recognize that is so that you're not shaming your inner child for developing those, for being highly reactive, um, for overvaluing independence, for developing certain coping mechanisms. Those coping mechanisms were there for a reason. And so to be able to recognize that, give your inner child some compassion, some love to be able to say, like, I understand why you developed these. It makes sense. Like, there were a lot of reasons why you had to develop these in order to survive as a child. And so now to to be able to ask yourself the question of like are these things still serving me? Mm. And they might not be. Yeah. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present, going through it, seeing what was inside, and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drum roll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health Snacks, sweets, ready to eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com/shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com/shrinkchicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe not only is it incredibly versatile I've worn it to work out with friends and even dressed it up for a date night but the quality is unmatched give yourself the luxury you deserve with quince go to quince.com slash shrink chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash shrink chicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrinkchecks.
1: So that's a great talk about where to begin. Do I take an inventory? Do we take an inventory about the relationships and the things in my life? How it's affecting me? What I'd like different? And what's my part in it? Because a big piece of inner child work is what is my part and stuff? Because we can blame our parents all we want. Sometimes that's a delightful, fun thing to do. But it's not their fucking life now. Mm-hmm. So you if you're keep, an adult. If, if you're, you're not an adult. Spirit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what children are listening to this?
0: You never know. I think, you know, the popularity has... <laughs> <laughs> okay, the children listening to this are children who eventually will need to do some inner child
1: work. <laughs> <laughs> For um, sure. Uh, uh, over uh, the holiday break, I went to my in laws and saw Aaron's cousin's wife, who I'm very close with, Corey. And her daughter is um, 13, 12 or 13. And I think 12, actually. And she said to her mom one day, she's like, I want to listen to um, Emily's podcast. <laughs> And her mom was like, no, no, not for a few years. No, you've when you got turn, some time. She said, when you turn 16, you can listen to it. Wow,
0: 16. Yeah. What's the, what do you think the, if we were to have like one of those movie ratings.
1: I think we're, I know, I think we literally do have a rating. I think it's oh, E <laughs> for expletive. <laughs> but
0: movies, it used to be like NC-17. I think we're R. Yeah.
1: The amount of cursing is R. Yeah. Okay. So Does our that inter- still apply? I don't know. I don't know, but probably or maybe why did we both develop trucker mouths? What's the inner child work with that? <laughs> I was never allowed to curse. I'm rebelling uh, still. <laughs> I'm you still... were never allowed to curse. I don't no. think my parents cared. I mean, I think my mom would just like roll her eyes and be like disgusted oh. by me, but like I don't it wasn't like what would happen uh, to you? I was just I just I it was not allowed. Like it what you
0: would get so yelled what, at, punished. Okay. Like were you, you were...
1: were you from a timeout family? Oh yeah. What was I'd your punishment?
0: To, oh. I would I would either have to sit on the steps or go to my room, isolate. <laughs> Big shocker.
1: <laughs> and now they're shocked when you isolate. Look at that. Look at that. And now and now they're struggling when when I isolate.
0: I'm like, you did this to yourselves.
1: <laughs> yes, timeouts don't work, parents, no, but yeah, calm that, down it, corners do. A similar concept, except provided with love and safety. Yeah. Okay. What was wait, what was your punishment? I, I've only ever been grounded once. I, I one time I went to a party. My dad picked me up, and I puked all over his new car. Right. And I was grounded after that. Mm-hmm. My parents weren't big punishers, man. Wow. You know me. Right. I probably should have had more. about ba- I. My parents would probably speak to this day that they did not provide enough boundaries. Wow. Yes. And so I have a bit, a bit um, boundaryless in my adulthood. You know. Probably goes into the unbridled self-expression, some of the issues with um, emotional um, regulation.
0: <laughs> and I'm so boundaried. Isn't that you're, interesting? And you're
1: so boundaried. Wow. We need a nice meld of we our two. We need a meld of the two of us. I know. <laughs> so figure out what this thing is for you, right? So identify it is what's affecting you and what do you think the piece is. The part that sometimes is helpful to talk about in therapy is what? when did the switch occur? Mm. because one of the things that oh i love this one of the things that my couples therapist once said to my husband is rigidity is not a personality trait it's a trauma response children are not rigid ever children are free children are wild we make them we create rigid beings it's how they adapt to stuff and often it's very unintentional let's say you had a child during a global fucking pandemic right And you were stressed out and you were worried about finances and your partner lost a job. You worked in healthcare, And so there was a lot of stress in your home. Did you mean to create a rigid child? Probably not. Is there a possibility that the outcome was? Yes. And which is also one of the reasons why we have to cut our parents some slack sometimes. is because if we really look at the big picture about what was going on. You can kind of get it. They were doing their best. Yeah. They, and that's the thing is that
0: parents do the best they can with what they have, right? It's, it's intergenerational. Mm -hmm. And so
1: there was a good, there was a good, uh, TikTok sound that went a That's, while ago. Even though I'm off it. talk, it made it to the reels um, <laughs> off the talk is so um, funny. <laughs> um, and it was uh my therapist told me, I wonder I don't never know if these are true I, or not. I just my therapist told me that um your parents' ceiling is your floor. Yes. So you might keep saying, Why are they not here with me? Why are they not here with me?" They got you to that floor. Yeah. Which is probably better than the floor they started at. And your ceiling will be your child's floor. Well, who's that therapist? I don't know. She's good, though. (laughs) (laughs) She she knows what she's doing. Yeah, they're probably writing a book and they just said it was their therapist. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) God, they're good. They know how to talk.
1: (laughs) They know how to talk. (laughs) (laughs) They know how to talk. Okay. Talk, you get it? Okay, what? (laughs) Oh, talk. Oh, that's what I thought you were saying. I was saying talk. I was saying Talk? (laughs) Talk? So, we'll talk, talk,
0: The only way to emphasize this is with a New York
1: accent. Okay,
0: talk. All right, um, let's. What? What? Well, what? I wanted to. I wanted to get into right because we can talk. We can talk about. <laughs> we can talk about um, how, like, how you recognize what the wounds are, and where they're coming from. And, and maybe we'll just get into this with questions, but I want to talk about, like, how do you reparent that inner child? How do you – when you start figuring out that, okay, maybe – It wasn't helpful for me to go sit by myself and regulate my own emotions. What did I actually need, right? What was it that I really, and that's a question that I think is really important to ask yourself as you, because you can recognize all you want, what the wounds are, but the question is, what do you do with them? Mm -hmm. And so that is when I think it's important to start asking ourselves, well, what did I actually need in that childhood that I wasn't receiving, right? What is it that would have been really helpful for me, even though my parents were doing their best, right? That it wasn't there was no malintent there. What would have been helpful for me at the time? What did I really need? I needed someone to sit down with me, explain to me what was going on, help me regulate my emotions. I needed someone to set more boundaries with me, to let me know what was safe and not safe. And so to start asking yourself those questions of, what is it that I really need? because you can start to use, that. And you can bring that into your adult life now Mm -hmm. where you can say, well, I really needed to be heard and validated. And so how can I give that to myself when I'm struggling?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I really needed boundaries to make myself feel safer. How can I give that to myself now when I'm struggling? What does that look like in my life? And it might not be a quick and easy answer. It might take some time for you to figure out what that looks like in your adult life what that looks like in your relationships. But I think so often we jump to the same coping mechanisms or ways of talking to ourselves in the ways that our parents talk to us or where the emotional wound started. So we might say, don't feel that way. Like, why are you feeling that way? Like, go. you need to go isolate yourself, mm-hmm. right? Or we might explode, have no boundaries as a way of like, yeah, you're. you can just let this out. Right, that we tend to react in ways that fit with those childhood wounds as opposed to giving the things to ourselves that we really needed growing up because that is how we reparent that inner child.
1: So what do you think about that idea of what we really needed when we grew up? What do you mean by that? So if
0: you know, I could just keep using the example of I needed to be heard, I needed to be validated. When you're a child and you're free, right, because we're talking about the constraints that are put on us as children, you're free, you're expressing yourself and your parents are doing the best, but they end up invalidating you or they mm-hmm. end up there ends up being emotional wounds or um, attachment wounds that come up in your relationships. And so I would ask, how do you repair those wounds? How would you have wanted your parents to come towards you, turn towards you, to be able to help you navigate your own emotions, to be able to say, I hear you, I see you, and here's what we can do together. What are the things that you needed emotionally? What kind of safety did you need growing up that maybe you didn't receive? Mm because what you don't have control over is what happened to lead to those emotional wounds. What you do have control over now is the way in which you reparent yourself to help heal some of those childhood Mm -hmm. wounds. Skeptical about custom beauty, I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when Prose says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Prose covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after. Or a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it, In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, AKA the gold standard in research studies, Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrink chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink checks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends, it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10 year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake I will never make again the Athena Club hype is real, the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothness, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must have in your self care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus with the included magnetic hook a storage- breeze no more dealing with goopy blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises and the quality of the shave is top notch those five precision engineer blades glide effortlessly leaving you a silky smooth skin every time plus the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club head over to athenaclub.com to try their award. Award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code ShrinkChicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club Razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving.
1: So I like it. So we're talking about like how to connect with your inner child, right? Some of those things we're hearing are play, freedom, connection, reparenting right, I need. To, I now need to be the mother or father I didn't have, the parent I didn't have. I love the idea with starting with play and freedom. Mm. Right? So maybe that's singing really loud in the car. God, maybe the that's coloring. Maybe it's bubbles. Maybe it's taking, like, you know, bubble baths and showers and, like, right, play, doing puzzles or something. Mm. And, like, just say, like, okay, the other way you could do, like, a little shortcut is typically whatever your anxiety is telling you to do, just do the opposite of that.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes. Just do opposite action. Right. Opposite action. If your
1: anxiety is telling you just keep working and don't relax. Stop that. Don't you be stop that. that. You yeah. relax. If your anxiety is telling you go away and just um isolate and do this on your own, maybe you might want to ask for help, right? yeah So a really quick tip would be where what's my anxiety telling me? What's the initial reaction? The initial reaction is often is often the adaptive child reaction. Yes. And if my wise mind and logical mind was going to come in. What would it redirect to do? And, you know, it helps you
0: to be able to think about your inner child, helps you gain so much more empathy towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have an activity. I have an activity. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, the four shots of espresso have fully hit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want you to pick out a
1: picture of yourself as a child. Mm, I know exactly which one. Me too. What's yours? What's yours doing? It's a picture of me on the beach in a um, pineapple bikini with a big thing of seaweed on my head. (laughs) So perfect. I'll find it.
0: (laughs) Please find it. Yes. Okay. I want you to pick out a picture of yourself as a child. And I want you to picture that child. Anytime you are being hard on yourself, you are being mean to yourself, you're being rigid towards yourself, I want you to picture that child and I want you to try to give that child more compassion, more love, let that child know that you are there for her and um, Mm -hmm. let your child know you're there for them
1: and say, I am here for you. I'm here to take care of you. How can I help nurture you through this? Whenever I think about, like, whenever I have diet culture thoughts coming in or eating disorder or, you know, whatever, the number one thing I say to myself is, I will not let you treat my friend this way. Right. I will not let you treat her that way. Mm. The same way I would say if I heard somebody's partner saying that's my friend. Yeah. I have the same belief with me.
0: Yeah. And it's such a powerful message to be able to say that to yourself. Like, it Mm -hmm. really, really is. Because when you can picture your child self, like the innocence, the you want to take care of that child in ways mm-hmm. that maybe that child wasn't taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really powerful. So everyone listening, I want you to find a childhood picture of yourself. And I want, am I making you cry?
1: No, I had an itch, but yes, I was crying.
0: <laughs> yes. I was like, "Wow, this is this is hitting deep. This is hitting deep."
1: (laughs) She's playing with a tiny little (laughs) boss. as we're talking. It's inner child work, bitch.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) I'm sorry, I laughed at it. I support you.
1: I support. Okay, so okay. Wait, we have we have to get through questions. um, Some more questions. Yeah, I forgot about those. Because somebody, I, I I like this one, which we can get through really quick. Is what's the best modality to use for this type of work? Internal family systems theory, parts work, attachment theory, if it, if it's coming up within your relationship, relational life therapy, um, somatic therapy, healing is super good for this kind of work without anything I'm missing. Um, I wasn't listening. Honestly, I was reading the questions. I'm really sorry if I'm just being completely honest with you.
0: (laughs) I'm just being completely honest. I was just trying
1: to read the questions. Okay, I think I got it all. Yeah, I think you got it all. It's not going to be... You said
0: attachment, like EFT work, um, narrative work is really good. It's Um, not going
1: to be a CBT or a DPD.
0: Yeah, no. It, listen, this spans, this is, this is a lens. This is a lens. And this is something that spans across all, you know, many of the theories that we mm-hmm. use. It's just a lens to be able to look at, at different things.
1: And most, and don't forget, most therapists are eclectic therapists. Yeah. So they will have some idea about this. Yeah. Right. How would you, We. I think we answer this. How would you best explain this work to someone who isn't familiar with therapy or therapeutic stuff, aka boomer parent? I guess I would say, why is it important to explain it to them? Yeah, that's a good question because <laughs> if they're not getting it, but it's significant to you what's what's it about trying to convince them? yeah, like what like
0: is that is that your wounded in our child looking wanting to be seen wanting to be seen, wanting to receive what you didn't receive from them, where once again, you might not have control over the changes in that relationship. What you do have control over is reparenting yourself mm-hmm. and for you yeah. taking control of that work.
1: Yeah. How to work on inner child work when my brain blocked out most of it due to trauma, I'm assuming. Mm. So you don't have to remember what happened to see the impacts, right? There is a lot of disagreement in the field about if it's helpful to remember at all or talk about it at all. But what you can say is, here's what I'm experiencing in my now and what that might be coming from, right? So if I experience some type of trauma, typically trauma comes from not being seen, not being heard, not being listened to, things happening too quickly. Any of those, we don't have to have details to do work around. hmm
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really important highlight that you don't have to know what happened to know how you feel about yeah. it, right? And that that's more of the work is being able to nurture yourself through that. Being able to give to yourself through that, to give yourself the things that maybe you didn't receive. And you don't have to know the details around it.
1: Yeah. I assume we're gonna have to do your Um
0: dealer's choice. <laughs> I love that. I was almost just waiting for you to say dealer's choice. How to overcome people pleasing due to losing a parent at age 10. I was afraid to give my mom stress. This is a perfect example of you know it's easy it's easy to see right that the way in which maybe this affected your your other parent right you can still say i didn't receive what i needed and where it doesn't end up being a blame game right where like all things can be true my mom was struggling and couldn't give me what i needed and so I might be wounded because of that, right? And then I lost my parent. I wasn't getting any parenting during this time because of what my parents were going through. Mm -hmm. And even though that wasn't something, there was no control over that, um, there's no malice in it, there's no malintent, but you can still say I didn't receive what I needed as a child and be able to reparent yourself, now, currently, without it being a blame game, right? Mm. Like this is their fault or this is. Um, and I think that often gets confused when we're, when we're talking about childhood stuff, uh, when we're talking about inner child work, is that we feel, okay, if I can recognize what I didn't receive, it means that I'm blaming my parents. It means that they're the bad guy or it means they did something wrong. And that is not true. You're allowed to still acknowledge what you needed and maybe didn't get. Without your parents having bad intention or your parents doing something wrong, it's really they had to work with what they had at the time. And with losing a parent at age 10, and I am so sorry that you had to go through that. um, It's really, really hard. That's a lot of stress and it's really hard, a lot of grief to be able to go through in a family. And so you're very much allowed to say, I didn't receive this, but it wasn't, um, I'm not angry at my parent for it. I understand why, but I can still give myself what
1: I needed and didn't receive now in the present. Yeah. Yeah. Body image issues directly related to how my moms talked about their bodies when they're young. So, one, that means that you're going to have to do a lot of inner work and child work about what it was like growing up in a home with so much diet culture and possibly fat phobia. And how do you talk to your body now? And how do you have to, if your first language was towards body hatred, it's time to learn a new language. So, part of it might be that you have to keep rephrasing how you say things to stop and to give yourself time for your body and space for your body to just be a body to let yourself eat and live and not criticize and if you have to take a break from exercise or whatever has to happen and you might need to say like okay I realize I have a lot of unhealthy thoughts around food and diets and so it's a really great time to work with um, a hazeline dietitian beautiful All Dear right am and jen is it you time you read it yes you're Do up you want baby me to read it? yeah I want to hear it okay
0: Dear M and Jen, I grew up hypervigilant around my parents' emotions. Through therapy, I've learned to manage this in my adult life, but I still find it really hard to separate myself from my loved one's emotions, especially stress. Mm. I've worked hard to remove the codependency I grew up with, and I got to believe there's more nuance to this. Like, aren't we bound to feel with each other? Any advice or thoughts? Thank you. Oof,
1: such a good one. So, right. So let's talk about the word codependency versus cohesion and togetherness. Codependency is you're drowning and I throw myself in the pool with you. Cohesiveness is you're drowning. I throw you a life vest. I sit and talk with you through it. And I might be scared for you and feel for you and be worried, but I can help you pull to the side as you also pull yourself to the side. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? That makes so much sense. Right. So like, so connectiveness and togetherness is it is so much more nuanced it's not just that like we're totally unhealthy but the question is do I allow myself to jump in that pool and fucking drown and have somebody thrashing around pull me down with them
0: I think it's first of all really incredible it's very clear you went to therapy because you're talking about how you're we can recon- tell we can tell and which is amazing. We, um, Because the fact that you've been able to recognize that because you grew up pretty um, kind of hypervigilant around your parents' emotion, that this was a survival mechanism for you to be able to feel other people's feelings so that you could manage your world. That That was your control at the time. For you to be able to say, okay, I recognize my parents are angry. I'm going to take that on so I can kind of feel out the situation and protect myself. So this is a perfect example of like, this was a survival mechanism that you developed that was once really helpful for you. And And it's not as black and white as it's no longer helpful for you, right? That there's something about being able to understand other people's emotions, which probably helps you be very empathetic, um, attuned with people in your life. I'm sure people come and talk to you about all of their emotions. But the question is, how is it serving you? How is it no longer serving you? And clearly there's pieces of it that are no longer serving you because when you take on the emotions of other people, especially if you're living with those people, Right? You're jumping in with them. You're drowning with them, just as Emily was saying. And so it's really important for you to learn about your own emotional boundaries, for you to be able to say in those moments when someone in your life is stressed, to be able to say, this stress is not mine this is my partner's stress, this is my parents' stress, this is about them. It isn't my job to take on that stress, but what can I do to support them and to be very mindful and grounded with that? How do I support this person? It is natural and it's going to be natural. You're never going to get to the point where you can say, my partner's stress, I feel nothing.
1: Well, and that would also be the pendulum swishing the other way, which we also don't want. Right. You don't want to take people that are these amazing connected feelers and be like, feel fucking nothing and don't help anyone, right? That would not be helpful. Yeah. What we're saying is, how do you see it? You can feel it, not take it on and integrate it. And that's the process. So I do think that there is a nuance to it. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like the phrase codependency. Right. Right. And so
0: it's that's, that's where it's important to say, okay, I know that this is going to affect me. I know when my partner is really stressed that I'm going to take that on. It's natural for me. And so what do I need to do to take care of myself, to be able to create those emotional boundaries so that I can be there for them, so I can sit with this, so I don't have to take it all on myself? You know, We talk a lot about when one partner is um, struggling, whether they're sick physically, emotionally, that the focus ends up being on that partner, but it, it also, the person who's caretaking is also struggling. There's also a lot of work that that caretaker has to do for themselves. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. Otherwise, you're gonna take it all on and you're gonna drown with them. So how can you create those emotional boundaries for yourself? And maybe it is saying, okay i know that this person's struggling with something so what do i need to do what do i need to give to myself how do i need to take care of my inner child so that i can be there for this person Mm -hmm. in
1: a way that doesn't drag me down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's it there it is there it is inner child so we'd love to hear how you are healing your inner child or how you're connecting to your inner child uh jen what's one thing you're to do for your inner child today Um, I am going to draw on my iPad. Oh, yeah. She's an iPad girly now. I'm an iPad girly. I've been drawing. What about you? Um, I'm probably going to sing pretty loud. I think probably after I pick my daughter from school, I like to go to the park. We like to the park. So maybe we'll do the swings together.
0: Oh, you're not going to sing? You should sing in the park. I love when you sing.
1: What a voice this bitch has. Just beautiful. (laughs) Just, just voice of an angel. Well, thank you for listening to The Voice of This Angel. Thank you for listening to your inner child. And as always, my beautiful, beautiful Jen. Um, if you liked this episode, we hope you send it on over to a friend. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. Follow us at Shrink Chicks, or the therapy group. We would love to get you connected to a wonderful therapist in Rittenhouse, Philadelphia, um, Westchester, Pennsylvania, in person or virtually in Boston or in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Florida and California. Thank you for listening to Shrink Chicks. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week.